be patient with yourself. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And if you just keep your eyes on the prize, you can mentally and physically get yourself there. I think that passion and drive will always let your feel. Hey there, welcome to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. Hosted by me, Emma Capotis. Each week, I'll be covering everything from dance music culture, industry news, trending topics, and festival tips, advice, and reviews. You can also expect to hear stories from ravers, artists, business owners, and more. Tune in every Wednesday for your weekly dose of peace, love, unity, and respect. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. What is up, you guys? Happy Wednesday. Can we just collectively take a deep breath together? Because I'm feeling so good and I'm sending those good vibes to all of you guys wherever you are listening from today. I'm recording on a Friday evening. It's been a long week. We're having a margarita. You know what? The mood is good and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. So thank you so much for clicking on this today. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Before we dive into things, you guys, if you are loving Rave Culture Cast, Uh, I would absolutely love it if you guys would check us out on Instagram and Twitter at RaveCultureCast. And we are now on TikTok, woo, officially on TikTok, which is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. Shout out BB, my girl, for helping put that together. Um, So yeah, if you guys are on TikTok, give us a follow. We're going to be posting tons of weekly clips on there. Um, We also have an incredible Facebook group community and Discord if you guys want to join a bigger family. You are more than welcome. There will always be links down below in the show notes. And I think that's all I have. If you guys enjoyed today's episode uh, and you feel so inclined, feel free to write a, a review on Apple Podcasts or share this to your Instagram stories. All right, I just threw a whole lot out of the way. Let's get that out of the way. Um, Today, I am so excited to welcome my friend Alyssa Tran to the podcast. So some of you might know her brand, Rave After Rave. Um, She's been crushing it with her Raven Festival um, fashion line for a few years now, and she's really built up an amazing community. And one thing I think that Alyssa's done really well is her pieces just, she takes her time with them. She really, really is thoughtful about her collections, Um, She doesn't release a ton of stuff, but when she does, they're incredible and her pieces are staple pieces. And I also know how hard she works. Like she is incredibly meticulous um, and again, puts so much love and thought into her brand. And so I just wanted to hear more about how this all started, how quarantine went for her, what the future looks like. And then, of course, we talk about Ray fashion. So we share some some of where we came from in our old festival attire to like that evolution of where we are now. Um, And then we talk a lot of business. So if any of you guys are interested in starting a business um, in the festival space or the rave space, we're going to chat about that. She's going to give some tips and advice and all that good stuff because she is running this whole business like a boss ass bitch and it's super excited exciting so with all that being said you guys we're gonna hop right into it here please join me in welcoming Alyssa tran of rave after rave awesome all right you guys today i have a special guest who i'm so excited to welcome to the podcast uh, she is incredible business owner rave fashion icon um, and she's absolutely killing it she's getting ready for a very busy festival season for the rest of the year hopefully here so please join me in welcoming Alyssa from rave after rave to the podcast hi <laughs> how you doing good how are you you're so sweet <laughs> oh girl I'm so excited to have you on here I love talking about rave fashion and I feel like the audience too is very into it and especially now People are starting to plan their outfits and get things together. This will be a good good timing of this episode. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm so excited you're here and I want to share your story a little bit and get to know you better and hear more about like your business and everything you've done because you've built an incredible community around Rave After Rave. So can you take us back a little bit and just tell us a little bit about yourself personally, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. So I went to school in Virginia. I am currently in San Diego, California, and I've been here 
um, for the last three years, and I started rave after rave when I moved here, right after college. <clears throat> but um, that's where I'm from. I went to school for marketing, business marketing. And then I moved out to California and tried to find a job. Um, while I was applying for jobs, I taught myself how to sew, made my own clothes. And then my sister told me, she saw like this sequin skirt I made and she was like, you should sell this online. And I was like, really? <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I just like opened an Etsy shop just, just to see, started mm-hmm. Instagram and then the rest is history. <laughs> wow. So was that original Etsy shop Brave After Rave or was that a different project? So it was, it was Rave After Rave apparel at the time because I couldn't get the Instagram tag Rave After Rave. Okay. Got it. So that was a, that was a humble beginning. So what year was that? That was in 2018. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So you came out of the gate hot. So what were some of the first uh, couple of things you made on the site? So I, okay. So the name rave after rave came from my friend, Kelsey, actually, she was like, talk, she was texting me, like asking me, what have you been up to? And I was like, I think I'm going to open my own business and just see how it goes mm-hmm. and she was like oh let me help you think of a name and I was like yes so we were just like <laughs> brainstorming and I was like um it has to have rave in it because when people search things that that's what will come up like for mm-hmm. SEO and all that stuff so I was like what about rave to the grave and because mm-hmm. I was like because I'm going to be doing this for a long time <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was like she was like what about rave after rave and I was like oh my god that's perfect because yep the reason, the original reason why I started making my own clothes was because nothing really ever fit me. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I think your I, finger is over the mic. Oh, you're good. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. So the, so nothing ever really fit me and I could never really find things that like I really wanted to wear because my whole thing when I go to festivals is matching the theme. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm going to go see, if I'm going to, um, uh, a base show. I want to wear black. Mm-hmm. I want to like have it edgy, grungy. And it was always so hard to find things that were in my head, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I started making it and um, the name Rave After Rave really resonated with me because that's how I created my whole branding, like mm. curating everything visually from the rave scene and kind of bringing it to life in clothes. Mm-hmm. So I started with um the first thing I ever made. This print was called it was called Oki Babe because it had like little swirls on it, it reminded me of Okeechobee, which okay. is when I started to get into festival fashion actually. Cool. Okay. So, um so everything is actually intertwined for me, but um <laughs> uh so my whole branding is about rave after rave so I release collections curating around the theme of festivals and music and artists and there is a lot of careful consideration when I pick fabrics and names for the fabrics and collections I decide to do Mm. a lot of thought goes into that I love that you do the theme around like (laughs) actually like coordinating with the theme or the genre. I think that's perfect, especially for people who struggle to put together an outfit or just getting into it. Like I was just talking to Five with Aid today about ARC Music Festival um, happening Labor Day. It's like straight up house and techno. And we were saying the same thing. We were like, you want to match the vibe of the city, Chicago, Mm -hmm. but you also want to match the genre, which is like cool and dark and underground. So I love that that was your thought process behind it. So that's that's really how that's really my branding and how things came about. I know that that was very all over the place, but everything is very together in my head. And I hope that that people see that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess. So when I first started in 2018, I had a basic logo. And then just because I was starting out, wasn't really sure what this was going to become. And then things Mm kind of started picking up. And then in 2019, I rebranded, um, with seriously Hallie, she mm-hmm. did my logo and we went with a Saturn logo and I was like, this is so perfect. It felt like it was very 
what's the word? It kind of solidified my branding because it was like our little world. Like it's, I always say like rave after rave is kind of like a lifestyle because it's always changing based on what is going on in the world, what current Mm -hmm. events are happening and what artists are coming up. So Mm, that's, that's that's what it is right now. (laughs) Amazing. Well, and so I want to go back to Okeechobee too. Was that your first festival? Can you tell us a little bit about how you like actually found the passion for dance music events? So my first festival was actually, okay. So my first show was my junior year of high school, which was 20, 2012 or 2013. Okay. And that was, my friend was like, you're coming to the show with me. And I was like, okay, it was Cruella. I didn't know anything about the scene at all. Yeah. And um, they were big back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they freaking crushed it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I really like this. So she was like, okay, come to me to my next show. And it was Excision. And I loved it. That was, that was 2013, I think. I loved it. So that's where it all started. And then I went to Moonrise 2014, I believe, or 2015. That was my first mm-hmm. festival. My second festival, I went there two years, I think. And then my next festival was Okeechobee, mm-hmm. which was my first camping festival. And that was a complete different immersive experience because you're there and there's something different about Okeechobee because of the art and music, which I really mm-hmm. liked because everything was always changing. There was people painting. And I, I really, I just love that vibe mm-hmm. of just the creativity and the talent. And that's when I really started getting into festival fashion because I saw that it was changing from the fur boots and mm-hmm. just like the low rise bottoms and people were being more creative. And it was it was very different for me to see, but I really enjoyed it. And that's how I kind of got into it. Okay. And then started making my own clothes and. Yeah. yeah. And the rest is history. Okay. So are you still a little bit of a base head or do you like a little bit of everything? I will always be a base head. (laughs) (laughs) I used to like, I could not stand house for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. Techno, I'll get there one day. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> we'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but house, I'm definitely getting there. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah, it's progression. It changes over time. But yeah, base yeah. is where your heart is at. Yes. Cool. Oh, I love it. So Okeechobee, I mean, you can just tell you're creative because you're inspired by the different like art installations and all the different elements. And I'm glad that you pointed out the camping festival experience. Cause like myself, I haven't attended any yet. I'm sure a lot of people haven't, but what was it that like changed things for you? What was your favorite part about the camping experience? Uh, I have to bring you to my first, your first camping festival. <laughs> I know, oh my gosh. Um, Electric it, Forest would have been the first one. So 2022, we're coming for you. <laughs> okay, I will be there. But camping, the experience is just very different because there's a sense of home. So you can, it's just so nice. You can always go home and change, put on a pair of sweats at night and just go back And it's just my favorite thing, waking up in the morning. It's so different from a hotel because when you're in a hotel, people leave and go get food and breakfast and whatever. But me and my friends, we grill and we we grill at the campsite and we're just together all day. And I don't know, it just, it feels like home. (laughs) That's what I love about it so much. Yeah, you're definitely fully immersed in it which is what is amazing honestly I slept on it way too long but yeah to your point you you're fully immersed you can interact more with your neighbors and there's the convenience aspect of it too which is just like next level so Mm -hmm. I know looked incredible this past year I know they were able to get it in in 2020 but now that Insomniac Events is like partnering with them to produce it like it looked incredible so that's definitely on the bucket list have you been back since or just yes one time oh you have yes so I went two years when it was the old Mm-hmm. when Producers. whoever put it on yeah and then I also went last year Okeechobee is actually my favorite festival I have a tattoo <laughs> no way it's oh, that's so for cool. me that's um, awesome. but insomniac taking over I'm glad it, they took it over because it came back 
I think they have some things to work on to make it more the way it used to be mm-hmm. because it felt the first, the two years prior, it was more artsy, more, there's this thing called the tea lounge where you can hang out and just like sit and chill. And it, it's kind of like forced in a way where there's a lot of people working who are impromptus, like coming to interact with you. And it was just a very like chill vibe. This this year they made the tea or the past year with Insomniac, they made the tea lounge a little more of like a walkthrough, which I didn't like because I wanted to like chill and be immersed and just like mm-hmm. enjoy it. Sure. So it was very interesting. It was more like for show, but I think a lot of people have voiced that to Insomniac. And I think that they'll be better next year especially because they know how to do forest so I think we can definitely get back there get them there yeah with some feedback cool okay I want to touch on to before we get into rave after rave and the evolution I want to talk a little bit you mentioned with outfits and things like that like you had specific things in your head or you couldn't find things that um fit you or whatever it might be like when you were going to those first few events pre-rave after rave what did you like to wear or how were you dressing I wore like shorts and a crop top pretty Mm. much. Casual. Yes. Very casual. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. When you mentioned the like fluffies and stuff, like, I mean, that was a vibe. That's a part of rave culture that I think is so cool. But to your point, it was definitely a look. And now looking at it, even, even in this past year with people being home, like the creativity absolutely blows my mind. And now it's just like a full-blown fashion show at these events. So I, I'm personally happy about the range. I feel like there's something for everybody now, but, um, it's definitely completely different. And I feel like festival fashion is its own entire world now. So how do you feel about like the evolution of festival fashion? I didn't mind the furry boots back in the day. Actually, I wanted a pair, but I could never afford them, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm glad I mean, people still wear them mm-hmm. and it kind of, it just kind of takes me back in time and I enjoy seeing it. I don't Nostalgic. hate on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the evolution of festival wear is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy it because everything about the music scene is about talent and creativity and I love seeing people express that whether it's people creating it or people wearing it or people getting customs because it's their own idea like I love Mm. all of it um and it just makes me happy to see that people are wearing whatever they want to whatever makes them feel comfortable or confident and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just I love when people aren't unified when people Mm -hmm. can really express themselves and what they wear. Yeah. It's so, it's such a part of the culture now too. I just, I love seeing the outfits, even, um, with Ubby Dubby and like other events coming back. Like I was like clicking through to see what people were wearing to their first shows, even the drive-in raves. People were going all out at drive-in raves too, but that's like something I am looking forward to at the first event back. I'm like, Oh, everyone's going to pop off. (laughs) Yeah. Even when people wear like banana costumes and pizza costumes and onesies, I'm like, yeah, you go girl or you go guy. Mm-hmm. Rock it. Oh, I love it. All right. So rave after rave, I want to go back to that. So you started, you started an Etsy shop, then you worked your way up and now you've got your new branding. Can you talk a little bit about when you were first getting started and what were some of the challenges with creating your own line and business? So the first thing I think of when you say challenges is I think taxes that was the hardest part of any small business learning how to get there. And I feel like I had to learn the hard way because when you search about it online, you can find ways to do things, but Mm -hmm. they'll tell you one way. They won't tell you, you could do this or you could do this, but the best option to do your reports and everything isn't the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that was the most challenging part. Um, I feel like I found the best way for me to 
do my reports in order to do my taxes. And I think a lot of small businesses come to me and Mm -hmm. I always share that information with them, which is like so fun. Um, But aside from that, uh, I would say time management was challenging for me starting up. um, Sewing patterns was really hard because I'm self-taught. I literally just would look at how clothes were structured and then sew it trial and error until it fit me. And then I would grade the sizes up mm-hmm. according to my size chart. And then um, once I got that down, I would do new designs. Mm-hmm. And then it was always so hard to f- fit other sizes and more designs. So it feels like it was like never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other challenge I had was doing photo shoots because mm-hmm. I was new to California. I didn't know anyone out here. And um, it's just, it's hard finding people like mm-hmm. models. And most of the time I just did it myself. But then mm-hmm. with that, another challenge was people were like, oh, your, your models are just so tiny. I'm like, sorry, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's gotta be so hard. I mean, yeah. one of my questions too is, did you have any help? Or are you doing all this on your own? Cause you're, you wear all of the hats. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I do everything from social media management, customer service, sewing. Um, I do web design. I learned, I taught myself how to code. So I do all of that. Um, but I do, so last, my first EDC that I ever went through with the business, I didn't sleep. So I had to find a seamstress who helped me and that, that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with a few different seamstresses to find which one was right with, right for me. And right now I'm working with just one seamstress and then it's me, but I also do some of the sewing still. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think people realize and we were talking a little bit before this but yeah people don't realize how much work goes into it and like you said you're the customer service rep you're creating new lines then you're actually sewing things together shipping everything like social media management is its own thing that a business has to take on so it's crazy it's like how do you have time to still focus on the bigger vision and create new lines on top of everything else (laughs) for me I think what motivates me is the passion and drive. And I'm very, I'm such type A perfectionist type of person. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm always thinking, okay, how can I, what can I do better? Like, it doesn't matter all the tasks I have to do in the day. If my like website doesn't look good, I will dedicate time to it. And that's how I find Mm -hmm. time for it. But it's like, it is hard, but if you love it as much as I do, it'll work. You'll find a way. <laughs> you'll make, yeah, you'll make it work. Exactly. Can you talk, talk a little bit too about growing the community around rave after rave? Cause you built up a pretty big following too. So it, for me, it was very organic and word of mouth mostly. Um, actually what started in the very beginning is aid five with aid. <laughs> I was going to say, I found out from aid. Yeah. Yeah. She followed me right when I started and she posted about me in one of her blogs. And I was so surprised because I was so new. I was like a little baby Mm -hmm. and I was so excited. And she actually helped me get a lot of views and a lot of traffic. But other than that, like it was really just word of mouth and I didn't do too much advertising because I was so busy sewing and doing mm-hmm. everything else but it just it kind of just picked up and that's how my community grew but I love it the way that it is because I feel like everything's very organic like the people mm-hmm. that I talk to that message me all the time everyone's so nice and I think it's a lot of a lot law of attraction mm-hmm. because I just put myself out there as me right and what I want to wear and what I want to do and people that like it follow me. And that's all I care about if they like it. Sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, there is like a a power of smaller influencer marketing that is a part of it, but 
Um, yeah. To your point, building community, I mean, you made a great product. And the one beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things about this community too, is I do feel like there is an emphasis on small businesses, at least people who are super passionate about Raven Festival fashion. I feel like there's this thing where everybody wants to have like a unique outfit that's different from other people. And like some of the bigger companies like are great, um, but there is something nice about supporting the smaller businesses. And I think people want to get behind that, especially when they hear your story and things like that. So um, it's a good space to be in, but it definitely helps. And how, how do you feel about influencer marketing in this space now in 2021? I'm very two-sided about it because as much as I think when influencers post, it obviously it, co- it creates traffic and conversation and all that. Mm-hmm. But to me, numbers don't really matter because it's like, okay, if it's a super popular um, influencer, who's following them? Is it 50% woman, 50% male? Mm-hmm. Like my audience is like 98% women. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's very too, I'm very two-sided about it. I think it helps in some ways, but to a certain extent, um, I do, I would prefer to, keep the customers I have and give back to people who really support versus Mm -hmm. just working with influencer just to get my name out there and pushing it that way, if that makes sense. Yep, definitely. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think there's authenticity that comes with that too, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a little bit more selective. And then like to your point, it really is word of mouth. I mean, if people are just wearing the product and loving it and tagging you, that's also just a great way to get UGC. But, um, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of people in the space too, who like want to be like a rave or festival fashion model or like something along those lines. And I know they like wonder how they get the attention of a brand or how do they like become a part of an ambassador program or anything like that. But for any aspiring creatives out there, do you have any advice for them to get noticed by a brand? And I think it's great if people want to be influencers. I know that lately there's like a negative connotation to influencer Mm -hmm. because a lot of small businesses don't like getting messages. Like, do Mm -hmm. you want to collab question mark? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's great if people want to do that, but I think it needs to happen more organically for them because it's, I don't know. It's, it's what we talked about earlier, like authenticity, Mm -hmm. like people, that's what people are attracted to. So if you are just yourself and want to be that, then just post about that. Just be honest, like don't push or rush anything. Um, for me though, personally with my business, I work with, people based on like relationship building and networking. It's all about who, you know, because I don't like working with people as very, as a transactional kind Mm -hmm. of deal. It's more like, Oh, you support me all the time. And you are, you're always talking to me and being supportive of me and nice. Like here's Mm -hmm. something I want to give back to you and you don't have to post about or anything, but it's just, it's just for you. Sure. So that's how I kind of work with people. I, the community I want to build and have been building is I want people to feel like family mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I, how I work. Yep. And I think that comes across in every, like your presence online and um, the people who support you in the community that you've built. So I'm, I'm glad that that is working for you. And I think people will just fall in love with the lines anyway, however they yeah. find you. Um, I want to talk about what you're working on too. And like, what's up next for you? So I haven't announced this publicly, but there will be a very big Lost Lands collection. (laughs) Oh, hell yes. (laughs) That's my second favorite festival. Um, I did something pretty big for Lost Lands last year. And I'm always like the past year, I'm like, is it going to come back? Like, how do I top that? How do Mm. I do better, bigger and better? And it's coming. It's oh, coming. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, there should be out in like three weeks, I think. I'm pretty sure. But, oh, people are going to be so excited about that, especially too, because I feel like a lot of um, a lot of brands do do the EDCs and do things like that, but not as much. Maybe I'm just like not thinking of anything in my head right now, but like not as much 
for the base festivals and things like that, or there's a certain look and feel. So I can't wait to see what you came up with. Is it very different than things you already have on your site? Yes, <laughs> it is very different. And that's, that's something that I really challenge myself with year after year is how mm-hmm. can I do things better? How can I push my creative boundaries and do something different? And um, because I'm self-taught, it's like, sometimes I do have self-doubt because I'm like, Mm. is this is this really for me like am I really a designer mm-hmm. like legitimately <laughs> and uh right. some t- the best ideas come to me like at 3 or 4 a.m and I'm just like laying in bed and this like image just pops up in my head and I just like sketch it and that's really how I design it <laughs> cool. but it's it's coming along um yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Do you have any favorite stuff that's like currently up on your site or like recent collections that you've done? Are there any that any patterns or anything you're like really proud of? So obviously I think the chain sets that I've been doing have been a little different than other people who do chains. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of that. I was worried when I first released it. I always get very anxious when I release something because I'm always like, are people going to like it? Mm-hmm. And um, people seem to like that design so I've released a variety of colors in it so far um and other things that I'm proud of oh so when I first started I think it was 2018 I released this New Year's Eve bodysuit that I had like very limited amounts to release it was all sequins but it was lined on the inside with swimwear so that it was still comfy Mm. um and it was so pretty and it sold out immediately, which I was so surprised about, wow. but I never made it again because I broke my sewing machine twice trying oh to sew God. sequins. Oh God. <laughs> but that was, that was one of my most proud wow. pages because it was so difficult to make. Yeah. You push through, you persevere. Yeah. Oh man, good. The dedication, I would break one and be so frustrated. So that's <laughs> awesome. All right. So that's probably not coming back, you guys, but we have the other collection nope. <laughs> to look forward to. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just trends too, and how you feel about them. Like, are you, cause you said you, you have ideas like randomly come to you, but do you pay attention to what's trendy or do you like to just do your own thing? Yes. Yeah, so I do pay attention to what, pay attention to what's trendy, but it's whenever like, the whole under boob thing when that came about, I mm. jumped on that, but I was like, how can I do something under boob, but make it me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I did with the chain tops, even though you can wear it um, with more full coverage, it doesn't have to be under boob. Cause it just mm-hmm. depends on the way you tighten it in the back. Right. But I do pay attention to trends just because it's hard to know what people are going to like, mm-hmm. even if I wanted to make it me if it's if it's something I would wear like Mm -hmm. it's hard to say but I think trend setting is also Mm -hmm. a thing to make it to make it cool (laughs) to make it a trend so well said Mm um was I I was gonna I had something else trend setting (laughs) ah I forgot (laughs) no no well Yeah. I mean, to some, to your point, like some of it is following along with the trends, but yeah, like coming out with something completely new that nobody else has done too. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So every time I like have an idea or something, I'll post on my story about it. Cause it's like basic, it's more about what my audience wants and I'll do a poll, but every single time it's 50, 50, (laughs) every time, no matter what it is, if it's color or design or anything, it's always 50, 50. So so I kind of always feel like that's a universe or a sign from the universe that no matter what I do, it's going to be okay. So Mm -hmm. I take that as a sign. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like people will, people will be happy with it no matter what. And like people also just have personal preference too. Like I can't even imagine you being a business owner, like doing pretty much all of this by yourself, but then obviously you have to deal with customer service issues or, you know, people who feel like, you know, they like a specific style or for a certain body type or something like that. Like, how do you handle trying to make clothes that can work for everybody? Okay. That's a great question. So when I first started, I did customs. I would do anything people wanted if I had the fabric Mm -hmm. and I would do any size And that 
worked out well for me. I loved doing that. I loved working with people one-on-one, but uh, the more busy I got, it was, it was so hard for me to keep up. Mm-hmm. Like I would just sew and cry. Oh, no. <laughs> it was very, it was very hard to keep up. So eventually um, when I found my seamstress, we worked on collections together. And um, so we like run pieces for collections to have it ready to ship before I launch. Mm-hmm. So usually it'll take me around six months to a year to actually release something because it has to be made. It has to be photographed and launched. Mm-hmm. So my ideas that come out, I, I made like a year ago. I That's bought the crazy. fabric a year ago. That's usually how it works because I don't do as much made to order anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping up, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you fit? Like, how do you accommodate everybody? Or it's like hard. Okay. Business owner. Yeah. yeah. So I, I still try to do different cuts for mm-hmm. prints that I launch, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, and I know it's not as inclusive, but I'm starting to get to the capacity where I just, I have to make what I'm making and just that's the end all be all and move Sticks on. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I do take into consideration different body types and styles and all that, but there's only so much I can do as one person mm-hmm. and it, it gets very challenging sometimes, but I'm doing my best. And this year um, I will have more sizes. Awesome. So that is something people have been wanting and it, but it's been hard because even my larges don't sell as well. And that's my biggest size right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that with the expansion of sizes that there will be a bigger audience for mm-hmm. those sizes. So yeah. I'm I'm hopeful, but I've talked to a lot of other small shops that have done bigger sizes mm-hmm. and it doesn't sell as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's harder for shops that work on my same level of production mm-hmm. to have all that inventory and all the sizes, especially when we work from home sure. and have like a limited amount of space to hold things. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's definitely tough. And even like you said, if you have a couple more sizes, like with the up- upcoming collection too, like it's marketing also, because yeah, if some people know for your brand, it's only been small to large for a certain time, then to your point, they're probably shopping elsewhere for bigger sizes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you market that, then I'm sure more people will come in, but that's exciting. And you're doing so much like mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Like I, it took me forever to like hire somebody to help, but like to scale, you do eventually have to hire, which is so hard. It's, it's very hard. I'm, I'm very hopeful for the expansion. I hope that that is what people want. Mm-hmm. But it is very hard because I don't trust people to come work for me because everything has to be my way, mm-hmm. like from social media posts to web design to the way the tissue paper is folded when I package up orders. Like it has to be like perfect, perfect. So it's 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 hard for me to want to let someone else in mm-hmm. and that's why it took me a long time to hire a seamstress or to find one because I, it's hard for me to trust when it's like my baby. Yeah, no, I can't even, I cannot even imagine, but you, know, you got to find like, it's going to be, it's like your unicorn. You got to find your unicorn. Who's like your mini yeah. you who you can just teach hopefully to I do know. things similarly, but no, there's so many th- exciting things. And you know, we've connected back when event, we weren't sure about events and we didn't know what was going to happen and we didn't know what EDC was going to be. And now that we have events on the horizon, like, how are you feeling about everything and what's your next few months looking like? (laughs) So it's looking very busy, Mm -hmm. but, um, no, the whole pandemic, it was, it wasn't terrible on the business. Like obviously sales were very low, Mm -hmm. but I was going through my own personal mental health issues during that time. So it was a good breather for me to just relax for once and get some sleep because in festival season, I don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. But with things picking up, I'm really excited because I love the rush of festival season and um, pivoting was 
good for me because I, I actually still had so many other ideas for loungewear that I didn't get to implement and carry out. Um, but I think it was a good learning lesson and pushing my boundaries for me because I still want to be able to do loungewear and have that for people because it's, it's good to like even wear at camp or just at night, like fun prints, but just like lounge mm-hmm. chill wear. And, um, I think the pan I've learned a lot during the pandemic, but it's good. Things are picking up, but it's just going to be busy this year, but very, very exciting. I'm everyone's so happy now. And I think it's really good for my mental health, just seeing other people excited about this year. Mm -hmm. No, I'm so, I'm so happy for you and for this industry. (laughs) And I agree. It's like, I don't know if anybody else is like this, where you're like, you think it's too good to be true, but because we were in that place for so long, it's like the adjustment is hard. It's hard to get excited. Maybe that's the right word. Like it's a little scary to get excited because you're just like, is it all going to get taken away again? Or we just don't know. (laughs) I agree. So I felt the exact same way, but then Abby happened and I was like, oh my God, this this is really happening. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to get taken away. Cause so for so long I was like, okay, yeah, these are getting announced, but it's, it's so close, but I can't touch it. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like it's here. And I'm really glad EDC Las Vegas got pushed back because I felt like if that actually happened, that numbers with COVID would spike up and everything yeah. else would get canceled. But now that it got pushed back and we have a bigger time frame for people to get vaccinated and everything, I think it's very hopeful. I think things will mm-hmm. happen. I agree. And I'm, yeah. And I think even in the fall and stuff, I keep telling myself, I like very much believe in like the timing of your life. And it took me a while to like get used to that. But now I'm much more like if something doesn't work out or if something doesn't go your way, like something better was meant to happen. And so I keep having those thoughts now because my first event is until Labor Day weekend. And I'm like, that's when it's meant to happen. Like it's going to get, a lot of people are saying like, we all have events like stacked back to back now, like September through November. And I'm like, you don't even know how crazy it's going to be. So enjoy this time right now <laughs> to just right. like relax and breathe, save up a little bit more money. Cause you're going to blow it. <laughs> yeah. And I actually had a whole fall blown collection that I was going to start for forest as well as Lost Land. So I was like, I'm working on two things at once. I can't do this. And then Forrest got pushed back. And I was like, the festival gods just listened to me. Mm-hmm. And now I, I can concentrate on that one thing for now. Yeah, that will have its own whole moment then, which will be really yes. nice next year. That will be really cool. Yes. Amazing. Well, my one last question for you is for anybody who's listening who either wants to get involved in this field or is thinking about starting a business, like what advice would you give to them? That's a great question. I would say first and foremost, be patient with yourself and believe in yourself because there are a lot of obstacles that you need to go through and learn not only about just business in general, but about yourself. So just be patient with yourself. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And if you just keep your eyes on the prize, you can mentally and physically get yourself there. I think that passion and drive will always let you feel. Uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Oh, but be unique and stand out and be yourself because Mm -hmm. the market is very saturated, very, very saturated. And with quarantine, a lot of small businesses popped up, but what makes people stand out is just being yourself and doing your own thing. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what people pay attention to those things. And when it's very different, it intrigues people. They want to know more. Mm -hmm. So I think that words of wisdom. I hope that like settles in with people. And to your point, one thing about you that I do admire is you are more selective about your launches. So that to me makes them more special rather than like continuously like pumping stuff out. Like there's, there's less to choose from overall, but there are more special collections because you're, like you said, you put so much thought and detail and attention into them and from everything from the actual collection to your launch and how you post on social media. So 
It's super special. And I'm so excited to see your new collections. People, people freak out. <laughs> people do love when people pump out new things all the time though. So if that's working for True. people, like that is good, but I definitely put a lot of heart into it, into what I do. And I hope people see that. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Wait, plug where everybody can connect with you and rave after rave. So raveafterrave.com is the website that's the online shop where you can shop at the instagram tag is at raveafterrave and then twitter is at raveafterrave underscore because i couldn't get raveafterrave perfect okay i'm gonna link everything down below um Alyssa, this was awesome thank you so much for being here um hang tight everybody else i will be back in just a second with edm news Alrighty, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Huge shout out to Alyssa for coming on today. Again, go show her some love and support at It's Alyssa Tran and go subscribe, follow, do all of the things to Rave After Rave. Like she mentioned, it sounds like she has some new collections coming out, which is so exciting. I cannot wait to see what she does with the Lost Lands collection. It sounds amazing. But yeah, if you guys want to support a small business, definitely go check out her page. She's got comfy clothes on there too, like more, um, not athletic wear, but just like comfy clothes, sweatpants, sweatshirts, all of that good stuff, you guys. All right, EDM news. Let's dive into it. So we have a couple show announcements, a couple tickets selling out. Just as we suspected, you guys, I think like tickets are just going to fly off the shelf to be honest with you I'm sorry I'm like distracted right now (laughs) I'm like trying to read the news and talk at the same time okay let's focus Oliver Heldens is going to be returning to London to headline a print works show um, which is going to be his biggest London show to date wish I could go Uh, Saturday September 25th I believe it's like a whole day um, and there's gonna be a bunch of different acts and things like that so that is really really exciting Um, if you guys are in London definitely hit that up Um, okay let's talk festivals here for a little bit so Lollapalooza just announced their lineup this past week Um, I thought they did a really good job I mean it's a mixed genre festival but they did have have some really cool artists um all time low is on it i love all time low and then they had a ton of um dance music artists as well let me point some out here i mean they've got marshmallow and millennium or some of the bigger ones who i love that limp biscuit is on this like honestly alice in wonderland slander jimmy eat world hell yeah angels and airwaves now now you're talking to my high school heart mark rebelay Subtronics, Oliver Heldens. Oh, I think Oliver Heldens and Jaws were on here. So that was a big one for me. Cash Cash. Who else was on here? I mean, those really, I think LPGOB was on here. Yeah. And Sid, Dr. Fresh, Vintage Culture. You have plenty to pick from. So this is really, really exciting. Um, Austin City Limits, also a little similar. Um, also a mixed genre festival that has two weekends. At this point, which I'm filming the Friday before this comes out, All of their three-day tickets are completely sold out, which is crazy. I think they sold out in an hour, I was hearing. They do have single-day tickets available. Um, Crazy. Uh, Brownies and Lemonade, I kind of spoke about this a few episodes ago, but they are doing Lake Brownies and Lemonade this summer, which is really, really cool. Um, They are officially sold out as well. Um, I think this is going to be their first big event that is like this. So if any of you guys got tickets, I'm excited to hear about how that goes. Um, what else? We did get the Halloween Suwanee Halloween lineup. Um, this one takes place Halloween weekend in Live Oak, Florida. So uh, I don't know too much about this, but you've got art. I mean, it's pretty stacked. You've got Skrillex on here. Zed's Dead for a Deadbeats takeover. Chris Lake, Claude Von Stroke. I didn't look this over before. Um, so you're getting my reaction in real time. Lane 8 is on here. <gasps> you gotta be kidding me. Oh, hell Yeah. LPGOB, she's crushing it. What did I say? She's absolutely crushing it. LS Dream, Mersive. So you got some bass in here. So that's really, really cool. So if any of you guys are local, that one will be fun. And then I think, oh yeah, one more lineup announcement. Today, Lights All Night. I spoke about this last week that they were doing um, a destination event. I think I talked about it on here. It was either here or my TikTok. I do dance music news every week on TikTok as well. But they are doing a takeover in Puerto Vallarta. And it's the same thing, all inclusive. And they have Justice, Chami, Nina Kravitz, Dombreski, Toki Monsta, Matt Zoe. And then AC Slater is doing a whole night base takeover, beach party takeover. That is a huge selling point. So that sounds incredible. 
I think that's all we got for lineups right now. Um, Ever After fans, all my Canadians out here, um, unfortunately, Ever After is going to be postponing until 2022. I don't think there's any surprise there. Honestly, they waited a very long time. I'm pretty sure this is usually in mid-June. When I went to it, I think it was mid-June. So they waited a really long time to tell everybody. Um, But I, I don't think that's any surprise there. I don't think really... Um, a lot of events and stuff like that are happening in Canada right now. So I'm very sorry, you guys. All right. And then, okay. I mean, I feel like Elenium is just like coming out with news left and right. Just like one thing on top of the other. So he's absolutely crushing it. So he announced that he's going to be doing this special show called Trilogy. And he said he's going to be playing three sets in one night. Ashes, Awake, and Ascend. The different albums, which is amazing. Um, and he kind of said he wanted to like close the chapter on certain albums so that he could start playing newer stuff. So obviously this is a very special event. So he officially announced it's going to be Saturday, July 3rd. So 4th of July weekend at the Allegiant Stadium, which is the brand new Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Amazing. So he said three sets, one night. So excited to, to present this new experience. Um, I believe tickets are on sale already if there are any left. Um, I'm not even going to try to get tickets to that. (laughs) But good luck. If any of you guys get to go, honestly, God bless. That's amazing. Um, Super, super memorable. So yeah, that is everything I have for you, you guys. Um, I hope you learned something new. I hope you discovered somebody new to purchase Raven Festival outfits from. Alyssa is incredible. So definitely go show her some love and support. And again, you guys, there are so many different ways to interact with the Rave Culture Cast community. Um, Our Facebook group always pops off. The Discord group is a great way to meet new ravers and chat about different festivals. Way more planning happens in that because I created channels for some of the major events coming up. So if you guys are planning for Imagine Music Festival or EDC Las Vegas or Electric Forest, anything like that, we've got channels for it. Um, yeah, and one thing you guys could do for me today is tell a friend about this podcast or share this to your Instagram stories and tag at Rave Culture Cast. It means the world to me. So thank you guys so much for spreading the word. And I think that's all I have for you guys. Go check out the merch line. The new Plur mini collection is up. There's a link in the show notes. And with all that being said, I'm sending you guys all my good vibes and I hope you make this an incredible week. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. Bye.